Do you see its oceans? Absalar asked. What? He turned. Its oceans. Growlin Sea. That's the big one. The lord of the deep waters living there is named Growlin. He tends vast, beautiful underwater gardens. Growlin will come down to us one day to our world, and he'll gather his chosen and take them to his world. And we'll live in those gardens, warmed by the deep fires, and our children will swim like dolphins. And we'll be happy since there won't be any more wars, and no empires, and no swords and shields. Oh, Crocus, it'll be wonderful, won't it? Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. This week, we're talking about Gardens of the Moon, Book 6, The City of Blue Fire. My name's Peter Bond. I've read each book in the main series. However, my two co-hosts have not. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Hi, everyone. And the eel of this particular podcast, (laughs) Joshua Dean Baker. That's right. I'm slippery if you touch me. Bit of a shock. Bit of a shock. Um, ah, we didn't, we didn't, uh, oh, oof. Ah. Take two. T- take two, I got nothing. Someone, someone got a good opening and we didn't talk um, about it. I do. Wait, well, Peter, were you ever, were you going to let us know why you, uh, said that quote? Uh, well, we can talk about it later if you want. I think that's a better choice. So. Okay, let's give a quick pause as if any of us comes up with an opener. All right, we'll take a few seconds, then, uh, one of you will say something good that isn't me. I got it. I don't know. Do you got it, Josh? <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. All right. I got I, I'm just okay. All right. This book has let me down again. This chapter. These this. What is this book? Five, six, six, book six. Awful. Real pe- Boring. Well, I f- Horrifying. I didn't even <laughs> want to read it. Any, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I'm coming on strong today, but literally I was going to text you guys and I was saving this conversation for today because I just have but, so but many India, thoughts. India, I know you have so many thoughts, but I just feel like every time you're like, news, I still don't like it. No, but last week I did <laughs> like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, like, it's really picking up. I'm really getting it. And then this this week happened and like 17 were, you, wasn't bad. You were less in the pocket. You were less in the pocket. No, I, there was no pocket. It was just it was just words everywhere. Well, I guess that is a book. That is a book. All right. Well, hopefully we can try and clear up some of that. Let's and, uh, let's hope. All right, let's get into it. Chapter 17 In the walls of Darugistan, Ralik Naam speaks with Circle Breaker. Darugistan's enigmatic puppet master, the Eel, supports Cole. However, the Councilman Turban Orr has contracted the Assassin's Guild to kill Cole. Ralik's mentor, Ocelot, is the one to do the killing. Anamanda Rake speaks with Baruch about the despair of the Tisti Andi, the last of their race in this world, a diaspora without purpose, resting in a mortal ennui. The Tisti Andi of Moonspawn follow his command in battling the Malazan, a noble cause in his view. Baruch shows him the sleeping body of Mamet. Uncle Mamet is a high priest of Drek and uses his warren to try and find the barrow of the Jagat Tyrant. He will not wake until the tyrant does as well, if he is not enslaved first. The spy Circle Breaker worries about his cover in the city and sees Meese, one of the regulars at the Phoenix Inn. Crocus takes Absalar to his uncle's estate, but Mamet is gone. Meese finds them instead. She shares that Crocus is a wanted man in the city 
for his killing of the guard at the Da'aral estate. Crocus curses Chalice, and they head to the Phoenix Inn. The Tisti Andy Serat skulks behind Crocus and Absalar, wanting to kill the coin bearer. Ralic covers himself in a rust-colored powder to deaden magic, then heads towards Kroll's Belfry to hunt down Ocelot. Man, I did pretty good. You know? I was just gonna say, a, oh my gosh. I know it was a shorter one. It was one of the, sh you know. I'm impressed. Yeah, that was really I, good. You're getting so good at your words, buddy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I have to say though, um, this this little, what do you call it? Summary? This summary, it used a lot of big words, you know? Yeah, Peter Peter Bond is getting his rocks off right in diaspora and ennui in the ennui, same goddamn right? sentence. I was like, wow. All right. All right. And then I tooted my own horn for even knowing what it meant. <laughs> oh, God. It's just they were good words to describe it, so. So I just I just took them out of my uh, verbal arsenal. Oh, my God. No, All I right. really liked it. It was nice. Thanks. That was, Thanks. I know that came off as, like, not a compliment, but it really was, I swear. When you really dig in, it if was. If she hadn't started, I was going to start it as a roast, so, yeah. All righty. So, India, we're back in the city of Darugistan, yeah. and one of the first people we catch up with is Ralik Nam. And we get an insight more into, first we saw kind of what the Assassin's Guild was up to, but now we tune into him and how it's interacting with the city council. Yeah. What did you, what did you think about this contract to kill Cole and uh, his pursuit of his mentor, Ocelot? Okay. So, let's, um, first of all, I had no idea that that's, uh, like, the conversation was that the, what, the Something's Guild? The Assassin's Guild. Yeah, I didn't know that. And, um, which makes sense now. I also didn't know that Ocelot was, uh, his mentor, which makes that whole killing thing a whole lot more sad. Um, yeah. Which I was, during it, I was just like, what, why? But now- There's like two scenes with them. It's a kind of, I don't know. I didn't realize it. They didn't seem like friends, but all right. Anyway, why do they want to kill Cole? Just because, like, I don't, I don't get it. Why can't they just let him, like, live his, I'm technically dead life anyway? <laughs> Um, Josh, do you have a good idea on why, uh, Turban Orr may want Cole dead? Um, I mean, my only guess is maybe he's kind of, I think it's maybe even said that he's heard about the, he's heard about their plan to kind of use Cole's, like, use Cole to kind of, like, uh, undermine, uh, Turban Orr's power and kind of present a, a big problem to him, and he's just trying to uh, you know, headed off at the source. I think he knows what their plan is, and he's just trying to prevent it. Whose plan yeah. is that? That's the uh, Ralic the and Mermilio and Murillo. Murillo and Krupa. Krupa. Yeah, I, I I agree. And from what I understood, it does have to do with their kind of more recent plan in the life of technically dead Cole to bring him to technically life and uh, return him to his noble power. Yeah, because it, it kind of sounds like Turban Orr's power rests on the fact that Cole was dead, and if he isn't dead, then his claim to, like, nobility pretty pretty hurt, or at least his, like, claim to be the the main power of the nobility and his, like, coalition or whatever starts falling I th apart. I, I actually don't know that. I think Turban Orr may be a nobleman outside of it. I think Lady Simtal's power That's, is more direct yes, and he's it. and he's backing her. That's, yeah, I'm right. Or, yeah. I mean, I'm, I was wrong. You You're right, you're right. Yes, okay. India, your your hand is raised. Yes. All right. I was under the impression you that nobody in the back liked of the Cole class. anymore. What'd you say? You in the back of the class. Yeah, yeah. You were you were saying? Sorry. No, I don't know. Um, fuck you, Peter. 
Oh, Peter. I don't... You said something about coal. Yeah, it was coal. Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, I thought that um everyone didn't like him, though, but, I mean, I, okay, I guess they did not like him. I don't know. Well, most people do, but this kind of game, this entourage at the Phoenix Inn are fans of coal. Um, yeah. yeah, but aren't they all, like, thieves and poor people? Wow, yes. and thieves and poor people don't fucking matter. <laughs> they typical, don't matter, but they Typical seem bourgeoisie India. They are the riffraff compared to in compared to the They're city not the high nobility. Sure. Yeah. Josh, we have a prolonged scene with Anamanda Rake when he speaks a lot about the Tisty Andy. You know, we're we're learning more and more about this uh, the inhabitants of Moonspawn. What do you think? Are you uh, gonna try and move on up on, into Moonspawn any day now? Is that a is that a cue to sing the song? I'm ready. No, I was moving just... on up. Oh no, to the Moonspawn. It's a good ass song. Anyway, so uh, this scene was like I think this scene was one of my top three scenes of the entire book so far. I do love the scene. Uh, because, like, Animator Rake has been several things so far. He's been a badass capable of murdering an entire cabal of high mages. He's been a god facing another god down on a field and kind of being like, I, 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 wish, I wish you would, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and now he's like, but also, I'm real fucking sad all the time. all of time and i was like i did not see that side of him existing and then him putting forth that like all of the tisty andy are kind of like you know in this state it it was very interesting i fully agree and it's something i really love about when you learn and it like makes so much sense you know since they're so old you know you think about this ancient race and it's like of course if you were in that moon forever in this alien world it's like instantly like oh yes of course they're they're they feel without purpose and adrift oh what, and, what's um, any and like and just the sheer boredom like he yeah. like at one point he's like oh i wouldn't have expected you to read this and he was like i've been alive a very long time <laughs> i've had a lot of time to read yeah that is how the guy um who reads the audiobook says it too very monotone <laughs> oh <laughs> you hit that you know, spot on thank you i try India, what did you think of the this insight into the Tisty Andy? I don't know. I guess, like, you don't think about it, but when you do think about it, it is common sense. Like, yeah, obviously, it sucks. But also, I don't know. Like, don't they kind of suck? So, I mean, you did it to yourselves. Why, why, why do you think they suck? Hot take. Well, no, not... I mean, not that they suck, but like, I, no, it sucks that that situation. But also, like, you did it to yourself. You didn't have to live this way. You chose to live this way. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I suppose, why do we feel bad? Uh, I I guess you do not feel bad. <laughs> I don't. I really like. I like the character. He's like super cool, but like he's also you know he does some lit things, so it's not all bad. I see. You're telling him look on the silver lining. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And also, just a you mentioned in the summary, which I didn't get, which is not a surprise. The uncle of the boy. Yeah, he's the one that's sleeping at the house. Yeah. But he's like, uh, it's like when you, uh, it's like when Quick Ben went into the, you know, there's a scene where like Quick Ben went into the Shadow Warren and Kalam is like looking at his unconscious body. Yeah. It's a similar thing. Like Uncle Mamet is unconscious because he's like, you know, he's, he's in the Warrens. So he's like, but his physical bodies. He's astral projecting. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. Wait, not done. Um, how funny is it that they were eating flatbreads? <laughs> really good. Daru flatbread. They were I eating thought it was flatbread so pizzas? funny. What? Just to just just gabbing over a little snack, you know. Just have it's like pizza. It's like Peter when we had the pizza that was on like the flatbread. That's all I could think about was them just like talking over a pizza. 
talking about their immortal yeah i didn't see that uh although india i got bad news what i i just flipped to a random page trying to find the flatbread and did immediately see more names that we've not met yet and this whole book, I I was like messaging in the group chat. Have we have we met this person? Have we met this person? I don't remember. Oh, this I person. had to go. I had to, that dramatis person. You gotta have the book or like a picture of the dramatis persona with you at all times because there were a lot of names this time also that I was like, I don't fucking know who you are. Right? Like, but the audiobook doesn't have that. I guess I gotta carry the physical book, but listen to the audiobook. Mm, yeah. But um, that was yeah. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say that was top three. I mean, no scene is top three scenes, <laughs> but. I mean, yeah, but what was, I don't know, what was the point? Was it just a little, to make him a little bit more dynamic? Is that yeah, just learning more about them and why they're involved in this conflict with the Malazan. Do you feel you know? like they're going to probably be in the second book a lot? Josh, what do you think? Who? The Tisty Andy. Yes. I have a feeling as well. Well, because, like, they've got a fucking moon base. Why would they not, like... <laughs> why even bring it up? Yeah, why, like, they're gonna fucking leave at some point or some bullshit. I, I feel that way as well. They're setting us up. They're setting us up for something with that, with this whole book six. Yeah. It's called Gardens of the Moon, and we had, like, it's good. There's gonna be some shit where, like, we go on that moon, or that moon becomes insanely important. Oh. Maybe the moon crashes. Oh, shit. Wait, Maybe Peter, is that why? crashes, takes you out read... Daruja Stan. Yes, yes, it is India. We'll talk the passages oh! at the end. Whoa, Peter. Mind blown. Let's talk about it in chapter 19. Let's, Let's talk about it 19. then. Why would you even read it? You you completely got me. Oh my God. Wow. And I, and I called this stupid. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. India. We uh, we see Crocus and Absalar together, and there it's like we see them as a pair throughout this whole book. And in this chapter, they're in uh, Uncle Mammoth's estate, and then head towards the Phoenix Inn. Mm. And uh, Crocus learns that Chalice kind of uh, snitched on him, and the city is looking for him after the murder of the guard. How'd you feel now that they're in the city together? And uh, you know, it's it's kind of the, they're kind of a pair now. I'm gonna get to that, but I just need to first say. I thought her name was Absala because the guy's a British accent, but it's Absalar. That's funny. Secondly, it's, I think, I believe it's Chalice. Oh, is that true? Yeah. I mean, there, it is a, it is a double L. I've just always said it Chalice. Yeah, so. because that's how the guy says it. So I just don't want to, um, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I'm so. Some, yeah, it's true. Anyway, so. Yeah, uh, I forgot the question. Pr- pronun- pronunciation <laughs> nation aside. What do I think about what? Are you on your phone, Inge? Are you? <laughs> no. What? Are you, what were you? What was the question? I was just asking about the two of them being back in the city. Wait, I don't understand. So they're only looking for him because they think that he killed that person that Sari killed. Exactly. Yeah. And have we actually heard like firsthand? Like, do we know for certain that sh- that she ratted him out? Like, we just hear this randomly from Meese, a person we have very little reason to believe. Like, I thought yeah. it was. Like, it's, it almost seemed to me like an excuse to get Crocus to go with them because uh, Baruch wants him protected, right? Or someone wants him protected. Well, I Baruch, love Meese. Meese is cool. I, Baruch definitely wants him protected. I'm gonna go on the record. Meese could die on the first page of the next chapter, and I wouldn't <laughs> fucking care. Damn. I mean, listen, I do hear you. It's not like she's the primary characters of the story, but still. But also, know. let's talk about the fact that they put a picture of Meese on the PowerPoint we use, and it mm. is not a picture. Of, it is not the image I had for her. Peter's mm. popping over real quick to look. I want to look, I too. actually, I, I did not, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. 
I thought Mies. What did you? What do you expect Mies to look like, India? Fat. Okay, and... well, you're doing better than I was. Yeah. They, Would you I, say old or young? Old. What the? F- I missed some in. in- <laughs> I'm with India. That's basically how I, I, I think. I definitely of the imagine Mies as like for one. I guess I don't know. I thought she was like young, and apparently I was just very wrong. I mean, I well, suppose so. Yeah. She's just your standard bar wench, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess India knows bar wenches far better than I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's got to watch Shrek. But Damn. all right. Damn. No. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Sidetracked. Anything else we got to say about this chapter? It, no, I mean, it's pretty short. Happens. Next chapter. That's what I said. Serac's skulking. What the fuck ever. Ralik's going to put that magic dust on him and, I don't know, not be able to get boners or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Side effects. Alrighty, here we go. Moving on. Chapter 18. The bridge burners are laying low in the city. Quickben can't find sorry. Fiddler and Whiskey Jack discuss how to think of other soldiers. Cole and Perrin enter Darugistan. Cole's wounds are worse, and he requests to be taken to the Phoenix Inn. Ralek enters Kroll's Belfry and battles with the invisible Ocelot. The Odoteral dust stops the magic arrow. Ralek kills Ocelot, but not before taking a few wounds himself. The Tisty Andy Sarah wakes up disoriented. Somebody had disarmed her, and she retreats through her warren. Mies and Arelta speak with Crocus and Absalar in the attic of the Phoenix Inn. They have heard Cole has entered the city and is headed towards them. They both seem to be agents of the Eel, with orders to protect Crocus and Absalar. Perrin sits in the Phoenix Inn, reflecting on his bad luck with Tattersail, Tok, and Cole. He thinks about the ways gods manipulate mortals. Then, Kalam finds him in the Phoenix Inn. They call upon the squad's healer, Mallet. They head upstairs, and Mallet starts to work on Cole's injuries. Perrin is glad to see Whiskey Jack. They speak more about the adjunct Lorne and the bridge burners being set up to fail. Using an ancient artifact, they reach out to Dujek. The High Fist speaks of the Imperial politics. Lassine plans to dismantle the Second Army, sending different pieces to seven cities to quell the growing rebellion. However, Dujek does not feel the situation on Genabacus is stable, with Nathalog and Genabaris on the rise, as well as the Holy Army in the south, following the Peninian Seer. The High Mage Tashren opposes the bridge burners as well, inquiring all about on the continent. Dujek says that they must leave the mage alone for now, but to pursue the adjunct Lorne. Whiskey Jack tells Perrin to wait until the Jaga Tyrant has awakened and been brought to the city by Lorne. Then they will decide what to do with her. Inside Amtos Falak, the adjunct Lorne and Tool find the thinnest for the Tyrant, an acorn, holding much of the Jaga Tyrant's power. We're catching up with the bridge burners. Uh, we see uh, Quick Ben kind of give AJ, up. I'm can you, sorry. AJ, can you put it real quick? The boys are back in town. Like when he says bridge burners, just real quick. I'll do this. The boys are back in town. Ja, we're catching up with the bridge burners. Whiskey Jack and Fiddler are talking. Josh, what did you think of this section? Another kind of scene where we're just seeing the squad hang out. So I've got, I've got two thoughts, very different. Thought number one: Love my scenes with the boys. <laughs> 
love just the boys, you know, Saturdays, you know, it's for them. Uh, love it. <laughs> thought, number, <laughs> thought number two, and this is something that Indy and I have both expressed. I don't fucking know any of their names. Yeah, they're, and listen, I hate to tell you, I also feel that way sometimes. Like, I, I felt okay that Mallet or Fiddler was the healer. I did not know which one. I, I also know, I know that there is, you, you've said all of the names except one right now, and I could not, gun to my head, could not tell you what the other one's name is. Yeah. There's like a second explosives person. Kalam. Yeah. Nope. Kalam's the ex-claw. We got my boy Quick Ben, but there's just another fucking one word name person, I think. So, you're looking it up real quick? I can click. Well, no, I'm just, uh, yeah. You ready? Yes. I got them all. Okay, give me, give me the first letter of the... We got Trots. We got Trots, the big boy. You got Trots. I don't know who that is. He's the big He's boy. He's the Bargast. No. Bargasts are big boys. All right, you got Hedge and Fiddler. Hedge They're both is the, the explosive. Yeah, the other explosive person. Yep. Of course, Whiskey Jack's the sergeant. Yes. And Kalam's the ex-claw. Yes. Quick Ben is the mage. All these uh, basic stuff. And then you're really, I think you're really talking more about the secondary bridge burners who get law, law, lost in the mix, yes. you know? Yeah. I hate that. Hedge and Hedge Mallet and Trots are definitely yeah. on, on the lower rung for of the main sure, squad. For sure. But and I'd anyway, like them to stay there. Yeah. Okay. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> no, I felt like, um, and actually I'm going to, can I roll this into the, the next uh, bridge burner scene? Can we just do, can we do just... what, do whatever you want. Hit All me right. up. All right. So. I, I like the first scene. It's nothing crazy's happening, you know. Um, but we're we're seeing them, and as I said, I, I forgot other names. We we see them again, and we skeet. Okay, again, again. The thing that's really cool, and also I hate, is that the fucking bridge burners. The, okay, when I'm reading this book, it's kind of like I was reading a, a a Marvel book. I was reading a comic book for Marvel, and the Avengers showed up, right? And they were characters in the story, and. It was alluded to that there's a whole universe of Avengers lore, but I don't get to fucking read it. I don't get to know the cool shit Captain America did. I just have to know Captain America's cool as shit. And that is how I feel when I read about the bridge burners. Mm. That's a good uh, thing that you say there. Thank you. And so, so like, they, so they get to... Shut up. So, like... Fucking Whiskey Jack's just like, you know, back in the day, the boys had these and pulls out a goddamn skeleton arm. And it's it's a magical two-way fucking radio that can go across the continent. And it's like at any other point. We are six books deep. And I would have loved to known that we got this kind of shit going on. It was a skeleton and also, arm. Also, yeah, there's a skeleton arm. He pulls it out and he uses it to talk with Dujek. And also, it's everyone else in the room with him is like, oh shit, he got a skeleton arm. It talked. Like, everyone else is confused too. So like, I, I just, I, I don't know. The dynamic of the bridge burners always confuses the hell out of me. And I guess it's because there were like 4,000 of them and now there's eight. Yeah. I guess that's what's the weird I thing. Think I think less, less than 30, but. Well, the good news is you do learn more about the bridge burners history, but I can certainly understand uh, wanting to know more about it. Yeah. Um. I do, and but also okay. And then they talk to Dujek, and I, I feel like I feel like I have a sixty percent grasp of what this means about the kind of imperial politics info dump. At sixty percent max, and I think honestly I need to read it again before I feel more comfortable. I mean, you, you, it, there is a huge download of what's going on outside of the city of Darujistan. Yeah, was that uh, when he's like trying? He's like, I know what you're trying to do, and this is it. Or no. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Wait, what are you? 
Well, when Perrin, Perrin, that who it is? Mm-hmm. He's like Perrin's with Whiskey Jack. Whiskey Jack pulls out the the bone, yeah. the bone phone. Yeah, yeah. And is like talking to the guy. Yeah, and they talk all about like what Lacine wants and what Tetation oh, wants and okay, what's Dujek okay, okay. doing. So, Josh, what are you confused about in regard to imperial politics? Okay, I'm still, I suppose, struggling to understand the scope of the world, if that makes sense, like the size of it. So, like, I know we're on a continent, and I've seen a map now. I understand there's a few large continents and, and oceans in between. But, like, I'm struggling to understand the size and power of the Malazan Empire and how easily it could get its armies to this current continent with any sort of, like, reasonable time frame, you know, the logistics of that. And then I'm also starting to understand that we have seen one part of Genabacus, and there's a whole goddamn other part that I guess yeah, we haven't seen. Yeah, and we haven't super talked about that much, and I guess I just, I had not realized, like, how much more of things there were. Also, I am looking at a map, and is the Seven Cities continent just America? No. Okay. Anyway, I guess I guess that's what my issue was, and also I know that I'm not gonna get to fucking know about the Pinoyan Seer because it's too late in the game for that to be relevant. But like, I imagine in future things it will be, and I'll be confused then. Yeah. India, how much of the the imperial politics landed for you? Did uh, it seems like Josh caught some of it? I mean, I would say. You know, it's a big, it's a big mix of information. Yeah. So no, nothing, not not at mm. all. I was just, I mean, I didn't even realize any of that was relevant. So, like, I mean, I knew it was relevant to the story, but like, there are things that you need to like pay attention to, and then things that you're just kind of like, all right, well, I didn't catch that, but let's let's keep it pushing. And mm. that was one of those moments. But um, I'm still confused about like it's not so much the geography, which I guess is because I didn't realize. I, I, that just never even occurred to be something that I should think about. And now I guess I will. But like everybody's place in in this whole war, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because weren't they also saying that like they're losing, like the Malazan people are like losing grip of some places and now they have to worry about that or no? Yeah, they're, they're talking about the seven cities, which is another continent. Oh, it's the continent. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> It's the continent that both Kalam and Quickben are from. Are they both and, black uh, or just one? They're both. Yeah. And question. So, and then the Malazan Empire is is originates from a third continent of which we know almost nothing. They originate kind of from uh, like a, a smaller place, like kind of an archipelago. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Mean? Okay. Okay. All right. I think I kind of get it. But there's like a larger mainland next to it, but like the the empire specifically is from. Oh, I see. Oh, it's that tiny ass island. Okay. We may or may not need to cut this, but because I don't know if it's in this chapter or the next one. But um, Lacine, why doesn't yes. she care if anyone, any, any relevant character in this story, why does she not care if they die? What do you mean? Because like we found out last in the last book that she's like, all right, well, Lauren's probably gonna die, and then we found out now that she's like, all right, well, uh, all of these guys are probably gonna die. And it's like fine. Like she wants. Like why does she want? Did she always want to kill the bridge burners? Yeah. Well, you know, d- since the siege of Pale, it's clear that someone in the imperial capital opposes the bridge burners. Well, I mean, um, isn't she like essentially the, the capital? So she's not yeah, just she's, someone. How do they not know that? Well, I guess they. Do yeah, Lacine definitely opposed the the bridge burners and Dujek, and um, in some way, you know, 
Dujak served with the old emperor, so did Whiskey Jack. You know, they're imperial forces that have a lot of loyalty and a lot of followers that are too, you know, m m much of the army, like, serves Dujak, not the empress. Do you know what I mean? So he is an opponent to her in that way. You know, they're political adversaries. Whilst they still fight under the Malzan Empire, they don't actually, you know, she's trying to consolidate her own power as the new empress. She's obnoxious. Mm. All right, fine. But there's all right. But we've they... a, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of imperial politics talk here. Yeah, um, it's making my head hurt. Same. India in this uh, in this section, we see uh, Crooks and Absalar up in the attic, and we hear Mies and Arelta talking about trying to protect them. Um, and they seem to be uh, working for the eel. What, what, do, what do you think of these two as they kind of step more onto the stage in the later parts of the book? I love them. I love them so much. I imagine Mies is just like, just a loving woman who will just feed you and make, and just, you know, she just seems like a good, a, a good, a good lady. Really, She's like a her. good nut. Yeah, I really enjoy her. And I like the way that she's voiced in my um, audiobook. But she, what do I think about them? I don't know. Uh, Josh, you said that you, you're not, you don't know if they're like good. Like, I understand that they're working for the eel. I just refuse to believe that the, the, the what they told Crocus to get him to come with them is true. Mm. Not uh, that I think, not that I believe that there's inherently bad intentions, but I just think that they're lying to get him to do what they want him to do. Do you not think uh, Crocus is wanted no, by the city guard? No, I do guard. not believe so. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I didn't. I didn't really think of that. I, you know, maybe call me naive. I just, I, I trust them. All right, you're naive. Throwing oh, <laughs> <laughs> bones. Whoa. With that said, now that you've uh, mentioned the eel, can we? Can you just? I, I'm gonna need you to dive deep, deep, deep dive into Josh. Much got like an, an eel. eel face. Josh's got an eel fa face. Is what? there? Wait, is there multiple, or is he just one guy? Oh, or girl? He... Is he invisible? <laughs> The eel is whatever the eel needs to be. It's the voice of the city. It's the needs and wants of the city. I'm just making Where'd you shit read up that? I'm just making shit up. We don't know shit about the eel, except that it's probably one person who's really fucking smart and is attempting to do something. But the what? mysterious puppet master or, behind Daruja Stan. Or the eel is many people. Who goddamn knows, you know? That's the question. It's pissing me off. Or is the eel... I mean, it's hinted at who the eel could be in the third chapter. Yeah, but I didn't get it. I missed that was over my head totally. Oh, well, Someone we'll small and brown. Um, before we before we pivot there, we see adjunct Lorne with the acorn thinnest. How's that land for the two of you? Really great symbolism, Indy. I think you picked up on it, right? No, <laughs> I was like, what? When she when they said it's an acorn, I was like, oh, cool. There's yeah, thought, acorn. Yeah, I had no idea why either. Wait, Maybe oh, because. God. Yeah, no. It'll grow into a mighty oak or some bullshit. Alrighty. Well, let's let's talk. Uh, we can just wait. Uh, no, Peter. Why don't you? Can you dive into the acorn? Do we know shit about the acorn, Peter? What's a finnet? Finnest. Finnest. You dripping in it? Ah! <laughs> uh, took me a second. Oh, that's a um, no for AJ. I'm terrible. That was good. AJ did um, not approve. The finnest is like a, you know. It's like a phylactery for a lich or something. Sick, got you it. Know? You know, Thanks. it's like it's a bastion of power. It's the of the Jagat tyrant, you know, so. Yeah, you got it. I, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, you yeah. read that in your summary, Peter. I was, I was looking for a deeper meaning. 
Yeah, well, I used the I used the lich metaphor, which I knew may not land for you. <laughs> yeah, the lich is that like from Doctor Seuss? It's like it's like it's like all it's like its power source in a way. You know, it's not all its real power source, but some of its power is there, and it'll grow into it. It's like a Horcrux. Oh, that's a great example. It's like a Horcrux. I swear to God, have you not seen or read Harry Potter? India? I I have. I'm just trying to conceptualize it. All right, we're moving on. Chapter 19. <laughs> yeah, 19. Here we go. All right. Woo! The... <laughs> All righty. <laughs> oh, wait. Did we completely skip over the whole Ralic Ocelot we thing? Sk- I, I, I've got it. I've got it. I've got, just... it. I've got it. I've got it. Ralic's dusty, and it's definitely not going to have any repercussions. Um, Thank you, next. Yeah, so yes, India, we did we did skip over the Ralic and Ocelot fight. Because that's how about... insignificant it was. Any thoughts about the the assassins dueling? Yeah, it was weak sauce. Weak yeah. sauce. Wait, wait written, are we ever going to find better. out what the, yeah, what the red dust is? Sorry. Yeah, it's that dust that's on the the Ota roll that the adjunct uses. So this motherfucker's definitely getting some superpowers like she is, but she he's also definitely going to become immune to like healing magic or some bullshit. I need to understand further. Ooh. Um, magic is magnets, and he put ma- anti magnet dust on his body. Oh. Yeah. Did like, that work, it, please? Like the dust, no, like the, you know how both Perrin and Lorne have Otatero blades, which null magic. Wait, Perrin does too? Yeah, his blade was. We don't know that. I'm pretty sure it is. Opan. Oh, chance, de- <laughs> chance, to chance, we do not know that chance is an Oteral sword. That would be a huge deal. I'm pretty sure it is an Otateral sword because that's what helps him kill the Hound of Shadow. I thought so. he was touched by luck or some bullshit. Um... Uh... Let me check the internet. That's Peter's. I think I'm wrong. Voice. I think I could be wrong. Did you goof? Well, no one. Don't none of you look it up. That's a, always yeah, a I'm recipe. Not, I'm, I'm not looking anything up. Yeah. So I mean, Andy, I, I guess it's like for whatever reason, there's that one material that can be infused with weapons. I guess it's a metal, and it is anti-magic for whatever reason. And so he was gifted some of it by the Baruch. guild leader. Yeah, by Baruch. Yeah, you're right. You're right. By Baruch. And he he was like, I think the idea was with that powder, what that he could do is like coat something in it, coat his armor in it, like a weapon or armor, or like throw it at something, and that's the safe way to use it and like nullify one magic thing. But like if you rub it on your skin like he did, theoretically you would become immune to magic, but like there's, it. De- I think depending on the person, there's probably serious side effects. Like maybe sometimes it's advantageous and sometimes like your brain, or your fingernails melt off, who knows? Wow, turns out, as normal, I was wrong. Fuck yeah. Uh, yes, cool. the Perrin's blade chance is just touched by Opan, yeah. and Lorne is the one with an Odotero blade. Yeah, I, know fucking, I, know, I know my fucking Gardens of the Moon. Josh, this guy's an expert. Yeah. Josh, you have any thoughts about the assassin duel or are we moving on? Move on. I've heard enough assassin duels in my life. Oh, we've got daggers. We can kick. Yeah, we stab you in the head. We can kick. Alrighty. Chapter 19. Crocus is restless, fed up with all the people protecting him, and he wants to talk to Chalice after she informed on him. Crocus and Absalar slip onto the roofs, leaving the Phoenix Inn behind. The Tisty Andy Serat has found Crocus once more. She tries to attack, but is caught by an invisible force. Ralic meets up with Marilio. Ralic is worried about the wounds he endured, but it seems as if he has recovered quickly. 
The last part of the plan to reinstate coal is to dual turbine ore. Murillo takes this task on himself, but not before speaking to the eel, who he thinks he has deduced the identity of. Across the city, Baruch, too, plans to pressure Circle Breaker into revealing the identity of the eel. Kruppa offers to reach out to the eel himself. Perrin, now with the bridge burners, is still confused about why Whiskey Jack wants to attack Darugistan. If Lacine will abandon them, why would One Arm's host attack the city? Whiskey Jack says they need to strengthen their position on Genabacus, for the Paninian seer grows stronger in the south. Adjunct Lorne speaks of Ochitaral and Perrin. The Jagad Tyrant will awaken in a few days. Onos Tulan will stand guard. Lorne heads to Darugistan with the acorn Finist in hand. Crocus and Absalar cross the roofs of Darugistan, the Kroll's belfry, where they see the remnants of the dueling assassins. Absalar observes the moon and thinks of its gardens. Josh, you said you wanted to talk about the crocus on the rooftops part. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, number one, crocus is fulfilling that stereotype of fucking idiot that he has really been cr- like. He's had a couple moments in this book where it's been like, hey, yeah, like when he like used his words to not get killed by Lorne. But typically, he's been doing dumb, dumb shit the whole time. So he leaves the safe place that's like super safe to go do some dumb stuff and talk to this girl. And what I want to India, wanna- do- India, do you agree? Uh, no. <laughs> no? I don't agree. All right, Josh, finish your point. Okay, well, what I want to talk about is we didn't even say it in here, right? But so, like, up until this point in the book, I feel like anytime something has happened that was unexplained, it was then explained shortly after, or enough clues were given to kind of help you out. I disagree and, 100%. And- <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I have felt that way while reading the book. And the exception is the Tisti Andy Surratt, who the Dramatis Personae labels as the second in command of the Tisti Andy. And I think even Animator Rake says that she could kill him if she wanted to. Anyway, she has two times been fucked up by an invisible force. And unlike other times, I have zero clue what that could be. Because the, every other time there's been some invisible shit going on, it's been the Tisti Andy. And I don't know why they would be interfering among their own. A. B. Crocus is definitely able to see some invisible shit, which is weird. He's got some ability to see that because he sees her flash for a second. And then he def sees three dragons leave the, the moon spawn. I believe it was four. Whatever fucking number. It's def <laughs> be dragons. Be- I think it's I believe three. it's five. Is it five? So... <laughs> All right, well, um, an indeterminate amount greater than one and less than a million number of dragons show up, and they're definitely leaving Moonspawn, and I have a lot of questions about that. Mm. A, are dragons big? B, do just, dragons just fire? C, do dragons have four legs? Uh, what was I at? C? D. You were actually did an A, B, and then you did another A, B, C, so we're actually probably on like 0.7 of Josh's okay. thing. Okay, I got a lot of questions about dragons, and I'm very excited. Um, I didn't thought I didn't think they were dragons. I just thought that the Tisty Andy people could fly. It's either we have it's seen either, them levitate. It's either dragons or crows, and it's much more interesting if it's dragons because they've hinted at dragons several times in the book. Oh my god! It oh, it's a fantasy book with dragons. I yeah. didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. 
Listen to you. Hey, Steven Erickson, you ever heard of a little guy called George R.R. Martin? Yeah. Like, yeah. If there's, right. if there's another motherfucker that can do dragons, it's my boy George. I mean, a lot of people can do I'm dragons. Sure, yeah. I, yeah. I, I but George got his on television, dragons. and they looked George, good. George didn't invent dragons, Josh, so... Yeah, but he made them dance, so... What, what are we talking about? Alrighty. Book. I don't know. I've never read the books. I'm a sham. India, I, gu- I guess before we kind of get towards the end of this chapter, I think this is a good chance to just ask, you know, you're talking about how nothing really happens in these three chapters. Correct. Um, and well, <laughs> so, so why do you feel that way? I would just love to know. Well, honestly, Peter, if I have to say, this episode has just been us kind of like, haha, yeah. Like, you know, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of talking, but. Really, what are we talking about? There was a scene that was so inconvenient, we forgot to talk about it. Mm. Damn, I mean, that's got, a strong she point. Got us there. You know? It's just because you know what? You could say, like, in any book, you read any chapter, yeah, technically, because it's a book, a lot of things happened. But, like, when you really get down to the nitty gritty, we could have done without this chapter. I was expecting mm. some major things with the frickin' Jag Hut Tyrant. I was expecting it to at least wake up. But we only. But it's still we, it's it's still sleeping. It's got like two days left to nap. Exhausted and <laughs> lore slash the adjunct is just like in it for five seconds. And I was really I don't know like it just wasn't enough. And then and then her and then the Talani Mass who's like yeah you just call me Tool now and she's like Haha. like what well, what was the point? She's hanging out with Tool. What do you mean? They're just like I don't know. I I just thought I I could do without this. I really could. I mean the, I guess the main. And only important part of the of this book, not the whole book, but this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's really hard. That's a really hard thing to interchange. Um, was the whole scene with like Cole mm. coming back to life? Also, yeah, yeah. And- oop, did somebody poison him? By the way, because um, there no, was like he, 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 his leg was infected. Yeah, it was just got. Oh, I think. Oh, yeah, but they said the thing about the herbs, right? Was that? Yeah, yeah. like the healer tried to heal him using. A bad method, apparently, um, and so like it was, it was hurting. It was doing more harm than. Okay. I was confused by that as well. Okay, sorry. Just, just it was so insignificant. I forgot about it. Just thought I'd clear that up. Now. So, Josh, <laughs> so Josh, what do you think? Do you think? Do you agree? You concur? Not much happened. What do you think? In these three chapters, I I actually felt like more has happened in these three chapters than in the past few. Wow. Even book five? Are you kidding? Yeah, I mean, listen, I so no, much. No, okay. You know, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll pull that one back. That. I don't think, I don't think more happened. I don't think nothing happened. I think we learned a a pretty good deal, honestly. I think that this was a setup for the second book. Is oh, what it's, I think. well, it's it's a setup for book seven of this for sure. No, I'll no, say, I like, mean for a the lot second of book pieces. I'll say this: if this was a chess match, we just did a lot of positioning and nothing actually got taken. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, like a chess match. No, like I totally agree, and I mean, like I, you know, I don't really know what we're doing with the chess match thing. <laughs> I, I guess I'm out of the loop. Like you know, um, Peter, like a chess match. We're saying it like it's innuendo. It's just I don't under. I guess I'll Google it or something. I don't. Anyway, I'm like I am sympathetic to India's point. Um, I think book five in the Gadrovi Hills is a really exciting section, Wait. and like characters collide, and and I do think it's a a great part of the book. But I do agree with Josh. There is a lot of positioning in this chapter, so to speak, and we do learn more about politics and stuff. So. I do think it's coming down off of the high of kind of book five in a way, but and definitely setting us up for uh, kind of everything to kind of smash into place, and so to speak. Mm-hmm. Very uh, 
what is the word? Like, you know, like, it's a very political answer. Like, you're both right. <laughs> you both get a gold star. I'm not... It, all, it, I just want your true opinion, Peter. Can you just be real I'm just be saying, real yeah. It, listen, I don't need your participation trophy, all right? I want, I, want, I want one of us to win, and I want to know who it is. Yeah, tell me I'm a loser. And with that, and with that spirit... <laughs> Before uh, before we have predictions, uh, we we might as well talk about it since uh, you know I read the passage up top at the end of this chapter. Uh, Absalar Absalar kind of has a monologue that uh, lends the na- the title of the book its meaning. I really love the monologue. I th- I kind of think it's beautiful and I think it's really well written and uh, that's why I wanted to read on air. Um, uh, any thoughts about it from the two of you? I thought it was a little too intellectual for my taste. I. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was fair. It was well. Okay. Here's my main thought. What the fuck is Sorry talking about? Yeah, Sorry seems like she's off the rocker a uh, little bit. Yeah, that was some like still possessed by God shit. So she's she's just dreaming of like a a better place. But she's saying all those names. Does everyone know the names of these things on the moon? Because that (laughs) seemed like some info the common man does not have. Is it like a religion? I I, I was just. Also, is it is it significant that they're doing all this in Carol's Belfry? It's I don't know. What do you want? I just love the passage. She just just a world without war, Josh. She just wants to get up there and swim like dolphins. Yeah. There's not water on the moon. It's made of cheese. That's fair. Right. Wait, um, Josh, did you get it though? Like that is <laughs> Yeah, I, I got it. Okay, I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is actually funny because it's so obvious when somebody else says it, but it, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm gonna look and see if they actually said the word gardens. If they didn't, then it's I think like, they did. They do say gardens. They literally do, but like I don't know. I was just like, meh. No, this is okay. It's, all right, Absala, Absala, and we'll live in those gardens. Yeah, that's a tough one to miss. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was over my head, but like, what is she? Some kind of prophet? Who's the Lord of the Deep Waters? Gralin. That seems important. Oh. All righty, moving on <laughs> to to book seven. What, you know, there's only we're there's only book seven left, and all the shoes that are gonna drop are gonna drop. Stop. You know what, Peter? That wasn't a really. Let me let me give another <laughs> shot. Hold it, keep, AJ. You got You better keep that shit. We're coming up to the end, the climax of the the book, and uh, all the plot threads are gonna kind of come together. Um, I would love to. I would love to hear some predictions before we uh kind of read the last section and then you kind of know everything that happened. So, um, India, the Malazans, the bridge burners in Darugistan. What do you think is going to happen? The Jagat tyrants coming in. How do you think it all shakes out? I think the Jagat tyrant comes out. He's in Darugistan. He fucks shit up. Some people make it. Some people won't. We are on our way to moon spawn. I think you think we're ending up on moon spawn. Yes. Or the Josh, other continent. You- seven cities yeah that's where we're going we're going to one of those places because we can't stay there we don't got to go home mm. but we got to get the hell out of Darugistan. josh what do you think here's my here's my hyper specific called shot okay i think that every tisty andy and moonspawn gets died and des- dies or gets destroyed except anamander rake in a battle against mm. the jagged tyrant mm. fire and anamander rake is gonna live and be even more sad as the last one of his kind, basically. Besides the ones with Kaladin Brood. What about Sep- mm. Seraph? Seret? That bitch better die. <laughs> oh. Christ. Wait. <laughs> Strong Seret. <laughs> yeah, why? I thought she was pretty lit, but what? But Seret? You know... She's trying to kill Crocus, my boy. Yeah, well, you know what? Crocus, he could use some growing up. Agreed. There you go. You heard it here first, Peter. Yeah. Hot, hot takes. Hot takes. All right. Um, 
Thanks for listening, of course. Ten very big books on Twitter and Gmail. Reach out, reach out. Let us know what you think of the show. And the for the for the next part, we're gonna be reading all of book seven, the Fet. I, I believe that is how we're going. To, we're gonna have to really settle on how to pronounce the word. Is it French? It is French. It is Fet. I, I think it, it is. is. Isn't that the party? Yes, like the party. Yeah, it's Fet. Um, the Fet. So you can look for us then. I don't mean to speak for them, my, my co-host, but I'm, I'm very excited to talk about the end of the book with them. You so. definitely don't mean to speak for me. <laughs> Alrighty. See you soon. Hey, everybody. Producer AJ here again. Like every episode, I just want to extend the deepest gratitude for continuing to tune into the show. Uh, we've been getting emails and tweets from people who are enjoying the show, and there have been some really great discussions about the episodes on the Malazan Reddit page. Uh, that's reddit.com slash r slash Malazan. I encourage you to go check that out if you haven't already. We also, of course, want to thank Dan Gesrick for making our wonderful logo. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Gesrick for the hottest pointers on the best way to play tug of war with your dog. And of course, all the music for the show comes from Amaranthan's album Simulant Rain, which you can find on bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 Very Big Books will be back with their final recap episode of Gardens of the Moon in two weeks on August 1st. We hope to see you then. Thanks so much for listening.